Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, and everything around me is shaking. Emily, all right.
Thank you, Jesus. We're going to declare that victory in Jesus' name. Amen. God is fighting for us. Yes. God is fighting for us. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. The darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I know knows only how to triumph. Oh, my God will never fail.
need that you have today, church. God is listening to your voice. Lift it up today and know that God is at work. Come on, sing this with us today. Even when, come on. Even when. You never stop, you never stop working. Stop working even when I don't see it. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Come on.
who you are, Jesus. You are our miracle worker. You are our promise keeper. You are our light in the darkness. Lord, even if we cannot see it yet, we know that you have victory over our battles. God, because of these statements of who you are, God, our way maker, promise keeper, Lord, you already have victory over those, Lord. So we lift these up to you, God. We lift those things that we don't think you can win, Lord, and we repent from that, Lord, from our unwillingness to trust in you, God. We lay those down at your feet right now, Lord, right in these moments, God, when we're at the foot of our bed praying to you, God, we lay these down for you, God, because you already have victory for us. That battle was won on that cross, Lord. That battle was won when you said, forgive them, forgive them, Father. So we praise you for that, Lord. We thank you, God, that we get to come to you and not fear rejection, God, but we get to come to you as a Father, Abba, Father, Lord, and that we can lay it all down at your feet, that you're going to greet us with a hug, Lord, that you're going to wipe our tears away, Lord, that we can be here with you, Lord, and that you're just going to be meet us where we're at, that you're not going to leave us there. We thank you, Father. We thank you for this time of worship, for this time where we get to come here safely, Lord, and be here in these intimate moments with you, God. This is all for your glory, for your praise, Lord. We love you, God, and it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Why don't we just give it up for our awesome and mighty God? Why don't we greet one another in Jesus' name? Come on. All right, well, good morning, church. How are we doing today? Doing great, man. I'm so excited to be here. Who else is excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on. Amen, amen, man. Worship was great, man. Thank you, Lena, for being part of the team that, that leads us in worship, man. Um, so before we get started with anything else, we got a couple of announcements. My name is uh, David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. Yes, my name is Lena Mazaranich. I'm one of the adult youth leaders here at the church, and then I'm also part of the worship team. Absolutely. And we got a couple of announcements for you guys just before we get started. First, today is a very special Sunday. I am so excited. Today is Baptism Sunday, y'all. And yeah, give everyone a round of applause. It's getting baptized because... Baptism is such a beautiful, beautiful moment every time someone participates in that. It's, it's that outward expression of the inward change. It's symbolic of the gospel in and of itself and how we, you know, how we died, how Christ died, was resurrected three days later. It's symbolic of how we also went under and we've been crucified with Christ. It's not us who live anymore, but Christ who lives within. And we're celebrating that today. So I want to encourage you, church, to stick around after service and out in the mall, we'll be doing all those baptisms there. And for all, the, and all of those who are getting baptized um, today, and there's any of you, of you here in the room, 
Uh, I'll be the one teaching the baptism class. I'll be the one, you know, dunking you and all that good stuff. And so Pastor Richard will dismiss you here in a few uh, for where to meet so that way we can get to that class so we can talk about what's happening for that. But uh, if, Lena, if someone else wants to get baptized today that hasn't registered, can they get baptized? Absolutely they can. Absolutely they can. So if you are wanting to also get baptized today and uh, I don't care if you haven't signed up. I don't care if you don't got to change your clothes. We got a robe for you that you can wear. We, we, we got you covered. So if you also want to get baptized, just look out for that announcement from Pastor Richard and then just follow the group, follow the crowd, and we'll, we'll head this way into the, our room. Uh, w- what else is going on in the life of the church, Lena? All right. Where are my ladies in the room? Can I get it? Oh, my goodness. Have you all had your coffee this morning? Let's try that one more time, okay? Where are my ladies in the room? Awesome, awesome, ladies. It is so awesome to hear you and to see you this morning. I just want to let you guys know that next Saturday, November 5th at 10 a.m., we're going to be having our sisterhood brunch here at the church. And we're going to have our guest, our guest speaker that day um, is going to be Pastor Cindy Mansfield. Can we just give it up for her? Oh, my goodness. She and Pastor Richard just celebrated 40 years in ministry, so we know that this message from Pastor Cindy is going to be on fire Saturday morning. So if you don't have plans or if you have plans already, cancel those so you can be here for this amazing message. Absolutely. And, and ladies, like, I, I've never been a sisterhood because I'm not a sister, as you can see. But uh, I've seen pictures. I've heard stories. I've helped, you know, kind of we, we've discussed these things before. And, like, just from what I've gathered... These are seriously fantastic events. And I don't just mean like in in terms of what our church does. I mean, I'm talking for the city of Albuquerque. I've never seen, you know, women get together and just love on each other and really just sharpen each other like we do here at Sisterhood. So I'd highly encourage you to be there. But uh, while we're talking about these things, where are my guys at? Can we represent men? Where are you guys at? Come on. There we are. There we are. Oh, man. We used to have a, sm- a small group of, like, middle school girls every now and then. Whenever we'd say, like, hey, men, where you at? They'd go, oh, it was the funniest thing. Oh, I love the, the youth. But anyway, men, uh, don't forget, every Thursday, 6 o'clock, we're doing our men's Bible study right here at the church. Pastor Richard and Josh Manker have been working super hard at putting that together. And just like Sisterhood, it's one of the best events to be a part of. It's one of the best gatherings to be a part of where iron sharpens iron. And, and I know for me, I, I always say this every time we announce men's stuff, but... For me growing up, seeing the guys come together and talk about their faith, talk about the real issues, that's how I got discipled. That's how I got mentored. It was, it was you guys. It was your men's breakfast that kind of made me into who I am. So, men, thank you for being a part of that if you already are doing that. And if you haven't gotten involved yet, I'd highly encourage you to do so. Thursdays at 6 o'clock, also on the 19th, we're doing our men's uh, breakfast. So uh, mark your calendars for that. November 19th will be our next men's potluck breakfast. We all know we got piles of bacon. Someone always brings us chili that would just melt your face off. It's fantastic. So gentlemen, uh, six o'clock on Thursdays, I highly encourage you to look into that class and don't forget to mark your calendars for November 19th. That's when we'll be doing our next men's potluck breakfast. And what else is happening in the life of church, Lena? Oh my goodness. Well, there's always something happening. Always something. It is so awesome to see. And in two weeks, parents and guardians in the room, we're going to be having our child dedication service. Mm -hmm. This is such a beautiful momentous occasion not just for your child but for you as the guardian as well for this child it is making Mm -hmm. that declaration over your child that you 
as the parent or guardian, are going to raise them in a way that follows Christ. You're going to teach them the ways of Christ. You're going to teach them using the ways of Christ. Mm -hmm. Am I right? (laughs) So parents, guardians, if you haven't signed up for this yet, this is going to be the perfect opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just as a side note for these kinds of things, for child dedication, um, you know, for me, when I was growing up, you know, my mom is a very strong woman of God. She's a prayer warrior. One thing she always said to me, especially when she was disciplining me, was, David, I'm telling you this because I love you, and one day I will stand before God, uh, and I will be accountable for how I raised you, for how I taught you. And, and looking back now, whether I was enjoying how she was disciplining me or not, the fact that she said that the, one that, the fact that she made it clear to me that her raising me was part of her serving God, it made all the difference. And, I can, and I'm telling you all right now, that's part of the reason that I'm here today. And so these events, child dedication, I'd highly encourage you to look into it if you have not already. And church, there are just so many things going on all the time in the life of the church, just like how we just said. And so if you want to stay involved, don't forget to um, visit our Connect booth, our info booth out in the mall. Mm-hmm. Sister Tressa is always out there just giving everybody the biggest smiles. I love her yes. so much. And just handing out, we have plenty of information there on other events that are happening. And don't forget to check out our website, NBCABQ.com, for all those events. And if you haven't already downloaded our NBCABQ app, you can also do that. And if you need help with that, by all means, stop me, stop Lena, Pastor Mike, Pastor Richard. We could help you with that. Or, again, that info booth. It's got all the information that we need. But, of course, church, none of this would be... uh, None of this would be possible without your faithfulness and your tithes and offerings. So we just want to say, again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for, number one, being here. Thank you for being involved. Thank you for giving of your time. And thank you for being, you know, faithful stewards of God's word, faithful stewards of what he's entrusted us with to continue building the ministry that Pastor Richard started here. Uh, Lena, how can we give here at New Beginnings Church? Yes, there are many ways to be able to give here. We have tithing boxes available at every exit in the sanctuary, and then you can also give online or through our app. It's a simple setup. takes only a few minutes. If you're not sure how to do it, it, you can... uh, Reach out to one of us young people. We'll be out in the mall, and we can help you get it all set up. But we just want to thank you again, church, because none of this would be possible without you. Absolutely. Now, church, would you join us in welcoming our senior pastor, Pastor Richard, to the stage this morning? Thank you both so very much. I forgot my cane today, so I'm using that walker, and it helps tremendously. They told me I have to have a full hip replacement and that uh, I'm bone on bone and I've got uh, some bone spurs on the ball and that's what grinding into my socket. So um, pray that it takes place soon. Youth, we dismiss you to go just soak in the presence of God with all of you young people. We just love you guys and are so proud of you all and God blessing over you. I hope that you will take time today to just say thank you to our, our children's director, Jessica Ramirez. She was the point person for last night's event. For all of you that participated at the Trunk or Treat, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We had several cars that were all decorated up. It was really cool. There were over a thousand people that came. It was absolutely so much fun and crazy. The line to come in, uh, because we, we were guiding people through the, all the cars to get their candy and all their goodies, 
the line was all the way to the Chinese restaurant. It's not open anymore, but at the end of this mall, the line was all the way down there for an hour and 20 minutes. It never got shorter. People just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. And man, we were able to share Jesus and talk about the Lord. And uh, it was just an amazing event. So thank you for participating. Thank you for bringing the love of Christ. Cars were decorated really, really cool. The one that got the most attention, it seemed like, at least from all the men, was a truck that was really neatly decorated, but they had a TV there where they were showing the World Series. <laughs> we're like, yeah, and the Astros won last night. Yeah, way to go, Astros. So, uh, uh, so anyway, but guys, it's uh, good to have you in the house of God. I have been doing this sermon series called Changing the Way You Think, and this is the last of that series. We've been going through this for 11 weeks now, and you're probably going, man, when are you ever going to change it? But I really hope that you would change the way you think. All of us do. Uh, this series, a, a lot of people have written really beautiful letters and uh, emails and texts uh, about it and how it's helped them. I want to end this series today with a sermon called Changing the Way You Handle Traumatic Experiences. All of us have had a traumatic experiences in our life, uh, some worse than others. And recovering it is really, really important. I uh, forgot to dismiss those of you that are going to get baptized. So if you're going to get baptized, you need to be going out this door right now uh, to go uh, take your stuff with you because you'll be changing afterwards. But uh, I know there's some of you in here now and some of them are out there. Uh, this is one of the most exciting days of your life. I'm telling you, you'll never, ever be the same after today. It's like, wow, man. God does a work, a really amazing work. So, uh, But recovering from traumatic experiences is never something easy because all of us have had a traumatic experience. Uh, some uh, have been abandonment. You were abandoned as a child and somebody else raised you, or maybe your husband or wife just walked out and they never came back and they abandoned the family. Some have abandoned responsibilities. Some have been abused physically, mentally, sexually, verbally, just all kinds of different abuses. Some have been just straight out mistreatment. There's betrayal, there's death. Some of you have gone through a very traumatic experience with someone dying in your home or your child. Uh, some have gone through divorce, some have gone through breakups, some have gone through accidents, some have just been victimized by people. Because how many of you know that there's mean people in this world? Just mean people, it's like, what's wrong with people? There was a time where it seemed like people were nicer, but they're not nice anymore. People are mean. And evil is anything that opposes God. And we have to understand that. Anything that comes up against God. When you and I straight out just disobey God, that's evil. But see, we don't ever picture ourselves as evil because we think evil is like wicked evil. But there's all levels of evil. But anytime you disobey God, you're behaving in an evil way. So God, I pray that today 
You will help us learn how to handle traumatic experiences. First understand them and then, Lord, find recovery from them. I pray in Christ's name, amen. So the first thing I want to talk about is what God says about evil and trauma. Because God has a lot to say about it. And the very first thing we have to understand is that evil is the downside of our free choices. Evil is the downside of our free choices. Let me tell you what I mean by that. that. See, a lot of people wonder, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen? Well, the reason bad things happen is because we have free choices in this world, and not all of us choose to be a blessing. Not all of us choose to do something good. Some of us do really ugly things, mean things, harsh things, and we hurt people. And God will get rid of evil someday. People say, well, why doesn't he just stop evil? Well, he will. Someday, that's why he created hell. He created hell for the devil and all his demons. But every one of us that chooses not to put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and put our faith in him and receive him as Savior and Lord will end up going to hell. And evil will be done away with once and for all. And the reason he doesn't end it once and for all now is because that means he would have to take away our free will and we would no longer be free. We would be robots and God would be controlling us and that's not what he made us for. God created us to love us. He created us to be his children. He created us as when we receive Christ, we become his children, and he lavishes us with his love, but he also wants to receive our love. He loves it when we just lavish him with our love. And not everyone chooses to do that. Many of us in this room have already given our life to Jesus, and we choose to love God. Some people are very bitter with God. They're mad at God. They're ugly with God. They kind of tell God to just go take a hike, and, and they, they don't want anything to do with him. And, and it's a free choice, but it really causes great pain. You see, evil is the downside of our free choices. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 12, he says there, when Adam sinned, Sin entered the world, and Adam is, uh, Adam's sin brought death. So death spread every place for everyone sinned. You see, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and sin came into this world when, they, when, when, they, when sin came into the world because of Adam and Eve's choice. It brought a curse. See, they were supposed to live in paradise. They were supposed to live in a perfect world. They were not even supposed to get old. They weren't going to age. The age wasn't even a, a thought. They just lived. But sin brought decay. It brought disabilities. It brought destruction. It brought disease. It brought all kinds of things when they sinned. And it ruined this perfect world that God had created for us to live in. And yet you and I continue to mess things up. Because how many times do you mess up and then you go, oh, why did I do that? Because you choose to sin. I choose to sin. And we shouldn't because it brings destruction to ourselves and sometimes to others. And another thing we have to understand is that everything on earth is broken by evil and sin. Everything on earth is broken by evil and sin. 
Every one of us have experienced brokenness at one level or another. Every one of us have experienced something painful in our life, and we've gone through difficult situations in our life, and we have brokenness. And through this brokenness, we sometimes find healing if we choose to, but a lot of times we don't choose to because we just think we can figure it out and get it through it on our own, and all it becomes is a big mess. You see, nothing here on earth is perfect, nothing at all, except God's word. God's word is perfect, and God's word will see you through, and God's word will heal you, it'll deliver you, it'll set you free, it'll bring wholeness to your life. Man, that's what God's word does. And nothing here on earth works without problems. Everything has problems attached to it. Have you ever noticed that? Something will go perfect, and you go, everything went perfect, and then right after that, something falls apart, and you're like, what happened? How did that happen? Everything was going perfect. Haven't you ever just wondered, like, man, sometimes things are going so good, you're just waiting for the bomb to fall? And sometimes the bombs never stop falling. Because you know what? We don't live in a perfect world. We live in a broken world. We live in a world where evil prevails and sin prevails, and there's a constant attack. Look what it says on Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. It says, sin will be rampant everywhere. Isn't that the truth? Man, you, you don't have to look in the paper. You don't have to, you just look out your door and see evil, sin, rampant every place. And it says, and the love of many will grow cold. Have you noticed that people's love has gone cold? This used to be a really loving, caring city. People don't seem to care and love that much anymore. People are rude, they're mean. It's like, what happened to everybody? It wasn't just the pandemic, but the pandemic bottled people in, and now they're like a, a, a caged animal that they came out really mean and ugly. It's, it says that the heart and love of many will grow cold. And we live in a world where people are mean to each other. They're not nice anymore. You got to be careful every place you go. You always have to look for your look at your environment and make sure you're in a safe environment and make sure nothing's going to happen because we don't live in a tender, loving, warm world anymore. It's gone cold. And then look what it says. Another thing is that we've got to understand that God grieves when he sees us hurting. When you and I are hurting, God grieves. He grieves over our pain. He grieves over our brokenness. He grieves over our decisions. He grieves over the things that happen to us. He grieves. It says that he grieves when we suffer and hurt and choose not to get along with people. He grieves when we're at each other's throats. He grieves when we don't follow the word of God. He grieves when we just make these decisions that are painful and hurtful to our life. Sometimes we're not even the ones making the decision. Have you ever noticed someone else can make a decision that hurts you? You're minding your own business and you get hurt. You could be driving down. Look, this is a holiday weekend. Halloween now is the second most celebrated uh, holiday, even though it's not like a, but event of the world, of the world. I don't know if you saw what happened in Seoul, Korea. They were at a Halloween gathering. And they got all excited and the the mob started moving in. And they crushed over 150 people are already dead. Just because they crushed each other and stampeded over each other. God grieves over that pain. He grieves over our pain. 
There's some people that they, they choose not, they, they might party, but they say, I'm going to be responsible. I'm not going to drive. I'm going to take an Uber or some kind of safe ride. And one time there was a safe ride of two, two brothers that chose not to drive a drunk, so they got a safe ride home, and a drunk driver wrecked into the safe car and killed those two brothers. It's like things happen sometimes that we have no control over. Sometimes we make bad decisions, but sometimes people make bad decisions. And God grieves over those moments. He grieves over our pain. When we are hurting, he hurts. When we grieve, he grieves. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 63, Isaiah 63, verse 9, it says, in all their suffering, God also suffered. And God, he personally rescued them. God rescues us if we allow him to. It says, in his love and mercy... He redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them through all the years. God did this. God knew they were hurting, and so he suffered with them. God carries that pain. God suffers with us. He even suffered evil for us. He took all of our sin on him so that you and I might have freedom. God loves us that much. Man, there's a verse in the Bible, if you've ever wanted to memorize a verse, but you go, it's too hard. This is the easiest verse in the Bible to remember. It's only two words. It's in John chapter 11, 35. Jesus wept. But he weeps. He wept for Mary and Martha, who had lost her brother Lazarus. He wept because Lazarus, his dear friend, had died. He wept because of their lack of faith. He wept with the people who were weeping. He showed emotion. He showed the pain that was being experienced around there and that he carried also. You have to understand that God loves us that much. The Bible says in Psalm 56, verse 8, one of my favorite verses It says, you keep all my sorrow. You keep track of all my sorrow. He knows everything you're going through, everything you've gone through, and everything that you might go through. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. Have you really thought of that? He's got this bottle, and it's full of tears, and he goes, I know every tear you've shed. I've got every one right here. I'm keeping track of your pain. And it says, and you have recorded each one in your book. Every one of us have this book. He's got a diary of our good deeds and our bad deeds. It's going to be, this is your life. And he's going to show the good, bad, and ugly. But if you ask for forgiveness, all the bad is erased from the film. So they see your life and you go, wow, you lived a perfect life only because of the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, I was a mess. You see, This is how much God is aware of our pain, of our hurt, of our agony. He keeps track of everything that we've gone through, and he collects every tear, and he records every pain in his book. He knows what's going on. God pays attention to every detail of your life, every detail of your pain, and he suffers with you, and he wants you to know that. He loves you. He adores you. And you have to understand that about pain and trauma, that God is very much aware of it, and he really, really grieves over it. 
Another thing we have to understand is that God's going to judge us all justly one day. Someday we're all going to stand before God. Someday God's going to judge us. Someday God's going to look down upon us, and he's going to say, man, what have you done with your life? What have you done? You've got to understand that evil will not get away with evil forever. Evil is going to be called under the carpet, and evil is going to be judged. And there is, there's going to be a day of justice. Sometimes justice isn't done here on earth, but God will have the ultimate judgment and the ultimate judgment and justice. And he, and I'm telling you, he will, he will die for every pain. He died for every pain that we have felt. And he wants you to know that. He's carrying it. And we're, when we die, we're all going to die. We will all die someday. And then the judgment. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. It says, nothing in all creation, or, or rather, it says, and, ju- and uh, this is Hebrews 9, 27. And just as each person is destined to die once, so we're all going to die once, so much for reincarnation, there's no such thing. There's going to be one death, and after that comes judgment. You and I are going to be judged. He's going to judge the living and the dead, but he's going to judge when we die, we're going to stand before him and we're going to have to give an account for our actions. And we're going to stand judged and he's a righteous judge. It's not like the judges here of this land and the justice system of this land because sometimes some people don't get justice here on earth. But I'm telling you, we will before God. And there's no hidden sins from God. It's not like, oh, I got away with it. Yeah, you think you got away with it maybe here on earth, but not before God. He knows exactly what you did. He knows exactly what you've done. And he even knows what you're already thinking of tomorrow. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 13, it says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Nothing is hidden from God. Did you hear that? Nothing is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Oh, we have an accountability with each other. But God is ultimately the accountable one that we will stand before. And he is the one that we're going to have to give answer to. And we're going to stand before him. And we're going to give him an account. And I really pray to God that you have stood before him and really sought God and said, God, I need to do this right. And the, other, the fifth thing I want to say about evil and trauma is that God can bring good out of bad situations if we trust in him. Only God can bring good situations out of bad if we trust in him. Anyone can bring good out of good. It's already good. Well, you're going to just bring good out of good. But we could even bring bad out of good. That's how messed up we are. But God can turn bad into good. He took... He took the crucifixion and brought the resurrection. He could do stuff like that. God does things in our lives that we don't even understand sometimes. We sit back and marvel and we go, how did you turn this bad situation into good? In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he says, for we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purposes for them. He's saying, man, you trusted me, I'm going to turn it around. Think about your situation. 
God has taken situations of our life that really we were the, they were the worst situations of our life. We don't even want to talk about them and think about them. And now God has turned them around and he brought glory to his name and honor to your life through them. And you're able to tell people about them. And good things happen. God can change every situation, but you've got to give it over to him. Our biggest problem is we don't release it. Our biggest problem is we don't surrender it. Our biggest problem is we keep holding on, trying to take control, and trying to do it, and all we do is end in a mess. So then the question is, how do we recover? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I want to give you some steps for real healing and recovery. But you got to understand, you got to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. These take time. You got yourself in this mess, and you didn't get there overnight. And now God's going to take some time to restore you. But the very first thing you have to do, if you want to find restoration for your life, if you want to find recovery for your life, if you want to find healing for your life, if you have been tattered, battered, and messed up and traumatized with some kind of event in your life, you have to accept help and support from other people. You've got to accept help. People don't ever want help. Oh, just leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. What can you do? You can't do anything. And we get bitter and we get bitter and we get bitter. And God wants us better, but we get bitter. And God wants us healed, but we get more wounded. And we don't understand why. Because we reject and refuse to receive help from anybody. And people are trying to give you help and you don't want it. We're made to do life with others. God did not make us to be alone. He said it's not good that man be alone, and he brought him a helpmate. And he introduced Eve to him and said, this is the reason the man leaves his father and mother, because you're going to form a family, and you're going to be blessed. We need to find people that we could go through life with and that we could trust, and they could help us in life. Not everyone is that person, but there are people there that can help you. They've been where you've been. They've experienced what you've experienced. They want to help you get through it. And they will, if you allow them to, accept it, accept their support, and accept their help. You cannot isolate yourself. When people get hurt, they start isolating themselves. They pull away from everybody. They become loners. And they think really distorted thoughts. When someone starts pulling away, they, they, they get real mad. Have you noticed? Just leave me alone. God, quit texting me. Quit calling me. Quit coming over. Oh, my gosh, leave me alone. And then you leave him alone. God, you don't even care anymore. You don't even call me or text me or come over. Like, whoa, whoa, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you want. What do you want? But you've seen people like that. They get distorted in their thinking. They get all twisted up. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. He, he, God, God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when they, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So see, God can use you to bring healing to somebody because you've already been there. But never say, I know exactly what you're going through because you don't know what they're going through, but you do know what you went through. So you say, you know what? I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I know what I went through when I went through a similar situation. And they go, you went through a similar situation? Yeah, yeah, I lost a loved one to death. I lost a loved one to a horrible accident. I lost a loved one to murder. I lost a baby. 
Matter of fact, I've lost four babies. One of them was stillborn. I've lost, see, you can start sharing your pain. And they'll go, what? And you made it through that? How did you make it through? And you start telling them and you start sharing with them because the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Man, in the 70s, they even wrote a song about this. Remember? Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long when I'm going to need somebody to lean on. You just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. I'm going to need somebody. Okay, okay, okay. But you get the point? We all need some help. We need someone to lean on. We need someone to burden, share the burden with. We need to be able to pour it out and say, I need you. I want you. Quit pushing people away. Accept the help. Accept the support. Sometimes we're too proud. I didn't realize how proud and how vain I am. When I got this messed up hip, I didn't want to use a, 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 como a cane. So I was there pushing the bone in and coming up here like if nothing's wrong, you guys are going, mira, pobre vato's all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm coming up without a cane. Then I couldn't take the pain anymore, so then I was using a cane. Then I forgot the cane today, and they go, here's a walker. So I'm using a walker. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm not proud. I'm not vain. I just know that I need help. And people have brought me equipment that's going to help me till I finally get the operation I need. See, we need help. We need help. And they told me I got to bring my A1C down and my weight down. So you guys are always so good to me, but no more tamales, no more pasta, no more bread. The other day, this guy brought me a little bowl of green chili. Hijo, it was just green chili with some meat. I just got it like that, and my wife goes, aren't you going to put it on something? I go, heck no. I'm just going to put it in something. It was so delicious and so, yeah, the fire was like, oh, come on, baby, light my fire. It was hot, man. It was good. So that's a vegetable. I will be more than happy to have green chili. See, we all bear scars. We all have pain. We need to share each other's pain and find healing. Second thing, we need to focus on truth and not our feelings. When you're hurt, your feelings get all twisted. When you're in pain, you don't think clear. When we're traumatized, we have a tendency to not feel anything at all. We don't even know what we're feeling. Our emotions are distorted. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, it says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. Now, this is Paul the Apostle, and he says, man, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond the ability to endure. He's saying, it was bad. We thought we were going to, we would never live through it. See, those are his feelings. We're not going to live through this. Matter of fact, he says, in fact, we expected to die. We're going to die. <laughs> Haven't you been through situations like that? I'm not going to make it. I'm, I'm going to die. And here you are but I almost died. No, but you didn't. 
See, your emotions told you one thing, but reality told you something else. It says, but as a result, we stop relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who does what? Raises the dead. See, I got to put my emotions aside and I got to focus on truth because my God can raise the dead. And if my God can raise the dead, even if I do die, God, I'm going to put my hope in God. Because he could either raise me up, and if he doesn't, he's going to take me home. Because my God is my God, and he's going to take care of me, and he's going to watch out for me. And we have to hold on to that. we got to hold on to the truth. Sometimes victims blame themselves. Oh, it was my fault. I'm just so stupid. I'm so dumb. I deserve it. I had it coming. You know what? If you make a bad decision and you had something really happen, but that's not the truth all the time. The Bible says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free in, in John chapter 8, verse 32. You're going to know the truth and the truth is going to set you free. You've got to understand that trauma is not your fault. Someone abusing you is not your fault. Someone hurting you is not your fault. Someone taking advantage of you is not your fault. So quit accepting it that you created that. And another thing you need to understand is trauma is not your identity. Quit identifying yourself as a victim. I'm a victim, I'm a victim, everyone's out to get me. No, no, quit living under that mindset and start believing that God wants to set you free and break away from that pain and let God heal it so you can move on. And you know what? Because trauma is not your future. He has a future and a hope for you, and you need to trust that and lean on that. And I bring you the third thing I want to say is don't waste energy on revenge. Hear me, don't waste energy on revenge. Learn to forgive. Forgiveness is more for us than for the person. They don't even know half the time if we've forgiven them or not. Haven't you ever been so mad at somebody and all of a sudden you're at a cookout or you're at a dinner and they show up and you're like, Ugh, why didn't you tell me they were going to come? Uh, you know I don't like them. And they hurt you, but they're all happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're carrying all that bitterness and all that anger. You go, I'm going to leave. I'm not even going to, I can't even enjoy myself. Oh, and they're enjoying themselves to death. They don't, you don't have a clue. You need to forgive them because it frees you. And now you could enjoy the cookout and you could enjoy the dinner and say, get that fool out of here. I don't even care if they're here or not because they need Jesus. All I know is they need Jesus because I already had my dose of Jesus and he healed my wounds. He healed my brokenness. Trauma depletes your energy. You need energy to heal. You need energy to recover. It's either going to, life's going to make you bitter or better. And God wants to make us better. He wants to strengthen us. Justice is God's role. The government is God's, is, is, justice is the government's role. That's what it says, tells us in, in Romans 12 and 13, chapter 12 and 13. It talks about the government's role, but we need to understand. Look what he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 19 says, dear brothers, never, 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 I know it only says it once, but I'm trying to get it through our head, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. See, God says, I got you covered, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to just trust me. But you know what our problem is? 
We get the big old bowl of popcorn and we get the Coke and then we go, okay, Lord, get them. Get them so I can watch front seat roll. Get them, God, get them. And God's going, you don't get it. I'm going to discipline them in their place. If you see it, that might happen and you might not see it. But be of good cheer because I'm going to take care of you. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 12, it says, a king detests wrongdoing, for his rule is built on justice. See, our judges are supposed to build on justice. Not all judges are that great. That's why it's so important to vote, to vote in good judges, to vote in right people, to have a biblical worldview of our voting, to be able to vote people that are going to change legislation to benefit our community and our lives. But in the book of Lamentations, it says, rise during the night and cry out. You know why it says rise during the night? Because at the nights, those are the worst time where your, your head hits the pillow. There's no more noise except the noise in your head and the devil saying, ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. And you're broken and you're hurting. So he says, rise up during the night and cry out. He says, pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Just let it pour like a dam that's been busted open. Just let it out. Lift your hands to him in prayer, pleading for your children. For in every street, they are faint with hunger. In other words, there's so much brokenness, but God is saying, I want to restore you, but you got to release it. Forgive. Learn to forgive. When you learn to forgive, you got to learn it because it doesn't come naturally. We want to take revenge. We want to get even. We want an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And God, Jesus said, no, 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 I don't want you to live like that. Live right. Survivors are the only ones that can really give forgiveness. Survivors are the ones that could help us through it. They can help us. Once you've been healed from a trauma, it's important that you understand how God wants to use you to help other traumatized people. It's really amazing how he does that. You go, really, God? I don't want to keep talking about that. He goes, you don't have to, but those people are all messed up like you were, and you have the power to set them free. You got the key to just unlock them. Won't you do it? And it brings me to the fourth thing I want to say about recovery is that our hope and trust in God, we put our hope and trust in God for the strength to recover. It's God who will help you recover. You've got to put your hope in him, your trust in him. Look what he says in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. See, he wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to make things good. He wants to pull you back together. I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for disaster, not for evil. He goes, to give you a future and a hope. God is a God of hope. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of redemption. He's a God of new beginnings. He's a God of hope. And we have to understand that. Look what he says in the book of Job, chapter 11, verse 13 through 19. He says, if only you would prepare your heart. Prepare your heart and lift your hearts to him in prayer. So he's saying, prepare your heart and then lift your hands up in prayer. And then he goes, get rid of your sins. So repent. 
and leave all your iniquity behind. Then your face will brighten with innocence and you will be strong and free of fear. And you will forget your misery. It'll be like the water flowing away. Man, all that misery has gone. It's like, God, thank you, God. And your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be as bright as morning. Having hope will give you courage. You will be protected and you will be able to rest in safety. You will lie down unafraid and many will look to you for help because they're going to go, how did you get through that? I need to get through that. How did you get through bankruptcy? How did you get through that divorce? How did you get through that abuse? How did you get through? How did you get through? How did you get through? And you say, only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. You know how many ministries we have that have been birthed out of pain? We have a 12-step program here. It's led by two men that their life was broken and hurting, all messed up because of bad decisions. And God set them free, and now they were going around with the key to set people free. God's warehouse was started by people that were hungry and homeless and no clothing, no food, and we just started reaching out, but we started also giving them a 12-step program to be set free from their destructive thoughts. Yeah, under its construction was started by, by a man and a woman, Pastor Chris and Sonia, that were broken and going through difficult times and, and had battled addiction and, and battled brokenness and God set them free and changed them, and now they're helping men and women get deliverance and free from drugs and alcohol. Frontline Resurrection Ministry started from brokenness. Tomas and Renee, knowing the brokenness of trying to get reintegrated into a, a, a city and living a normal life when you came out of a crazy life, and they're helping so many women get reestablished and, and find their foundation and find their footing. We have a ministry called WIN, W-I-N, Women in Need. And they're helping each other find healing from abuse and brokenness that they've gone through in life. We have a food pantry that started because people were hungry and we just started bringing in leftover cans and stuff and now we feed thousands every month. We have a grief share that helps people that have lost loved ones and we minister to them. You see, there's so many other ministries. But hurt people hurt people. But healed people help heal people. And it's time that we do that. I'll close with this scripture. In Joel chapter 2, verse 25. He goes, I will give you back what you lost. I will give you back what you lost. Did you hear that? 